A car at the bottom of a roadside cliff in Georgetown, Texas, engulfed in a ball of flames. A body found behind the wheel, charred beyond recognition. What led to this individual going over the edge? This is the case of Clay Daniels. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Episode 5 of Crime Cave. I'm Christy, and this case ranks up there with one of the most bizarre ones I have ever heard of. This is the case of Clay Daniels. Clayton Wayne Daniels, 24, and Molly Daniels, 22, were a young married couple in Leander, Texas. They were raising two young children, their one-year-old daughter and Molly's four-year-old son, Caleb, from a previous relationship. Clay loved motorcycles, so much so that they named their little girl Harley. Clay was an unemployed auto mechanic, and the couple was living week to week on Molly's paycheck as an office receptionist. Their friends reported that he was the love of her life, and vice versa, that she felt comfortable around him and that he loved her for who she was. On the night of June 17th, 2004, Clay drove his Chevy Cavalier to his mother's house. But the following morning on June 18th, Molly began to worry as she realized Clay had not come home. Around the same time, a 911 call came in reporting a car that had plunged down an embankment, ending up in a ravine in a ball of fire 20 minutes to the east in Georgetown, Texas. Once firefighters and medics responded, the charred body behind the wheel was unrecognizable. Its head, feet, and hands burned away. Although medical professionals were fortunately able to obtain a sample from a hip bone for DNA testing, it would take months to obtain the results. Meanwhile, personal effects such as a Harley Davidson pin, remnants of a particular brand of sneakers, and a silver necklace were found within the wreckage and led investigators to determine that the dead body was Clay Daniels. Clay's memorial service was held in his hometown of Burnett, Texas, where he grew up, with his favorite song, Leonard Skinner's Freebird, playing in the background. One hundred mourners attended and signed the guest book. However, at this funeral, there wasn't the typical sharing of wonderful memories and painting the departed in a glowing light. In fact, quite the opposite. When Clay's best friend got up to speak, he admitted that Clay was an asshole. Other people within their circle concurred with the negative feedback. Molly's sister, Melissa, stated she didn't trust her brother-in-law, that he gave her the heebie-jeebies. He was further described as the troublesome type, lazy, a layabout, and a sex offender. In 1996, when Clay was 16 years old, he raped his seven-year-old cousin. The young girl came forward several years later, and Clay pleaded guilty to aggravated sexual assault of a child, and under a deferred adjudication deal, was ordered to serve 30 days in jail to start on June 21, 2004, and then 10 years probation. His name would also appear on the registered sex offenders list, Investigators at the accident scene had been suspicious from the start. 
Only 14 pounds of body mass was left in the vehicle, and there were no body fluids found in the car. Corporal William Talamentes of the Texas Department of Public Safety had seen hundreds of motor accidents in his career spanning two decades, and he made some bizarre discoveries. There had been no corrective action taken just before the crash. The hottest spot of the fire was the driver's seat, and testing of the debris within the car came back positive for charcoal starter fluid, proving that the fire was intentionally set. Corporal William theorized somebody had killed the victim before stuffing him in the Chevy and rolling the car over the cliff. It didn't take long for the investigators to uncover exactly how many people harbored negative feelings toward Clayton. The father of the little girl he sexually assaulted seven years prior had reportedly expressed wanting Clay to just go away. Also, Clay was due to report to jail three days after the accident. Did he kill himself? For Molly, things were looking up. Donations were flooding in for the grieving young widow. Her colleagues had joined forces to raise $1,000 to help her with bills. Molly's neighbor offered babysitting services for her two children at a discounted rate, and friends, family, and even strangers reportedly bent over backwards to help her. Molly also had a new guy in her life, a man by the name of Jake Gregg. It seemed Molly certainly had a type. Aside from the stark, jet-black hair, her new beau looked exactly like Clay. Now, as a sane, level-headed Crime Cave listener, you might be thinking, perhaps the universe stepped in to rid Molly of her sex offender husband. She had the emotional support and generosity of family and friends, and she was waiting on a $110,000 payout from Clay's life insurance policy. However, the DNA results finally came in five months after the incident. The body in Clay's Chevy Impala was not... Clay Daniels. But if it wasn't him, who was it? And where was Clay? Police began surveilling Molly, and she seemed to have a fairly benign routine with nothing out of the ordinary, until a couple of weeks later, she was spotted with her new beau, Jake, at a Taco Bell. Investigators approached the couple sitting at a booth. Upon request, the boyfriend presented a Texas driver's license under the name Jacob Alexander Craig. But under increased pressure, Jake, despite his brilliant disguise of coloring his hair, finally admitted to being Clay Daniels. Molly insisted she only found out Clay was actually alive when he showed up at her house suddenly a few weeks earlier. So who was the dead person behind the wheel of the burning car? Clay refused to divulge any information as to who that person was. However, it didn't take long for Clay to brag about his scheme to fellow inmates. Clay admitted that when he was faced with a 30-day jail sentence, he and Molly concocted a plan to fake his own death, collect the insurance money, and start over. They looked through relatively recent obituaries and decided to dig up a corpse to use in their scheme. 
They chose a woman named Charlotte Davis, who passed away six months earlier at the age of 81 and was buried in Pebble Mound Cemetery in an area used for people who can't afford a burial plot or have little or no family. They dressed Charlotte's body in tennis shoes, jeans, and a baseball cap with a fish hook attached. They also tossed in some of Clay's belongings, the silver necklace and the Harley Davidson pin. After adding accelerant, they pushed the car over the cliff. Molly eventually admitted knowing about Clay's scheme, but denied any involvement in the planning. As you may have already surmised at this point in the story, Molly and Clay aren't the two brightest bulbs in the box. She apparently didn't consider that her computer would be searched. What was found were inquiries on the following. How to burn a human body beyond recognition. How to deceive arson investigators. How to create a new identity. As well as a list of plastic surgeons in Mexico for Clay and a tummy tuck thrown in for Molly. Faced with that evidence, Molly finally copped to helping plan the horrid chain of events. However, she insisted that the plan wasn't motivated by greed, but rather was a desperate attempt to keep her husband out of prison. She said it was about keeping our family together, that she believed the legal system had railroaded Clay, and that a good man like him could have never molested a child. She explained that she wanted him to continue as a stay-at-home dad without any limitations on where they could live, and that's why they hatched the insurance fraud plan. Prosecutor Jane Starnes described the crime as ghoulish and horrific, and that Clay's motivation was a reluctance to go to jail and be memorialized on the registered sex offender list. Clay pleaded guilty to arson, desecration of a cemetery, and insurance fraud in 2006. A Burnett County court sentenced him to 45 years for the three convictions, to be served alongside the 20 years for probation violation on the aggravated sexual assault. He is serving his sentence at the Daniel Webster Wallace Unit in Colorado City. Molly pleaded guilty to insurance fraud, arson, and desecration of a cemetery, and was sentenced to concurrent prison terms of 15 and 10 years. Molly also got 20 years for insurance fraud and hindering her husband's apprehension. Now, we can only imagine the amount of psychological trauma inflicted on her four-year-old son, Caleb, when she brought home her new boyfriend, Jake, who just happened to look exactly like his dead father. Fortunately, Molly's family stepped up and took custody of her two small children. Finally, the real victim in this case was Charlotte Davis. Although Molly had stated in court that they selected a corpse of someone who was older because they felt that there would not be much family impact, if any, Molly was wrong. Charlotte's former caretaker testified in court that the grave desecration made her heart sick. Charlotte did have people who loved and cared about her. Molly served at least 12 years of her sentence and exited prison sometime after 2016. She is reportedly keeping a low profile. Thanks for joining me. This episode of Crime Cave has been brought to you by Fortress Defense Consultants providing security consulting for educational institutions, corporate facilities, and houses of worship. 
as well as pepper spray, situational awareness, and defensive firearms training for police and private citizens. Find Fortress on the web at FortressDefense.com. Contact Fortress directly at 708-522-8060 or email them at info at FortressDefense.com. Avoid being the subject of a future episode of Crime Cave. Train with Fortress today. Until next time.